Welcome to Keep the Game Beautiful podcast. Each week, I highlight incredible people who are doing amazing things in soccer, the beautiful game. I'm Anna Turi, your host. Thank you for listening. Thank you to our sponsor, Duke Tigbrand. Addie and Tiffany create incredible products for coaches and players. One of my favorite products is the My Trainer. This is a journal for soccer players to reflect and set goals. You can get a 10% discount using the code KTGB. Today I talked to Tiffany Weimer. Tiffany is a really great person to be around, and she radiates so much positive energy. I encourage you to go follow Tiffany on Instagram and Twitter. Tiffany is an amazing player, and she has played for many years. I encourage you to check out Duke Tig Brand. They have some amazing products. You'll get to hear a little bit more about Duke Tig in today's episode. This definitely was not my best podcast yet. I know it's a little bit short and choppy, but there still is good information in it. I am still learning a lot, and I will get better and better each time. I hope in the future, once I'm a little better, I can talk to Tiffany again. Thank you for taking the time to listen. Today I'm joined by Tiffany Weimer. Tiff and I met at the United Soccer Coaches Convention last year in Chicago through Duke Tig. I'm a big fan of what she and Addie do through Duke Tig, not only for the products, but the way that they give back to soccer. We connected when I applied to the Duke Tig FC member program, and since then I've gotten to know her better. I really like that Tiff knows what the youth player experience is. Even though she had an amazing pro career and set college records, when you talk to her, she still remembers what it was like as a young teenager, trying to figure it all out. Tiffany has made many friends over the years and had opportunities to play at Penn State, in the NWSL, and most recently for FCN in Denmark. She has an amazing reputation. I met a former Boston Breakers teammate of hers this summer. We both laughed that Tiffany will never leave the sport. Tiffany is now coaching for the Oakwood Soccer Club Development Academy and recently joined Yale Women's Soccer as the Director of Operations. I'm going to post a few other podcasts and Tiffany's blog to my website. I encourage you to learn more about her. She is an amazing person and someone I'm glad to call a friend. Each week on Keep the Game Beautiful, I start with the same couple of questions. So first, what does the term, the beautiful game, mean to you? Uh, the beautiful game is, uh, I think it's such a good description of what soccer is for people who are, you know, really involved in it and really appreciate it and um, kind of play because they enjoy it. The, the beauty of it is that you can have so much freedom on the field. I think that it's one of the few sports where you know, there's not set plays, there's not um, so many uh, guidelines to the way the game should be played. And I think that the beauty in it is that there's so much freedom. It's like you're, you know, you're, you, you have the opportunity to create something every time you step out there. What do you do to keep the game beautiful? I think I've always been able to, you know, stay true to who I am as a player. And that means to you know, play the way that I feel is the right way. I feel like I'm a soccer purist sometimes, and I, I think that there's a certain way that it should look and feel. Um, but I always, always want 
people who, that are watching to enjoy what they're seeing. And I've always had a desire to entertain people and to make it something that's fun to be involved in for other players on the field and the coaches and obviously for the fans that are watching. Now, how do you encourage others to keep the game beautiful? I always tell players and give opportunities for players to express themselves and to make mistakes and to, you know, not feel like anyone's going to be mad at them for trying to be creative and for, for keeping the game beautiful. And I think that if you can give players the environment where they're, they feel safe and they feel that they're supported no matter what they do, um, I think that's how you accomplish that goal. What is it like to come home after all of your years playing soccer away from Connecticut? It's been really nice to be home because I feel like I've seen so much and I've learned so much and I've done so much, met so many people. And coming home to Connecticut, um, I feel like this is where I'm supposed to be right now. That I'm supposed to take everything I've gotten over the years and give back to the kids and the coaches in Connecticut in the way that I was given so much. I think that I feel a strong responsibility responsibility to help um, the youth players that are in Connecticut. Maybe because it's a small state, maybe it's because this is where I'm from, but I feel tied to these players and I want to do everything I can for them. Your retirement blog announcement went around pretty quickly. Were you surprised about all of the support you got? I, I, I wasn't so surprised by the support. I think just um, because I've played in so many different places, I've met so many people and it was, it was natural that, you know, people were happy for me and sad for me. And I think that there were a lot of different feelings, but the one thing I do think for everybody who's ever met me is that they knew if I said I was retiring <laughs> and that I was done, that I really meant it. Cause I would, I'd, I had never hinted at anything like that before. Um, in my career. Was there any one word of encouragement you remember hearing? Um, I think one of the things that a lot of people said to me was like, I'll always be involved in the game. I will always want to play. Um, I think that was encouraging to know that, to know how people viewed me and how people thought I thought about the game. And there were pretty much right on, you know, I'm not going to leave the game. I'm always going to want to play. And that, that was encouraging to me because it made me feel like I uh, showed myself in the truest form, you know, that's who I am and that's how people saw me. And I don't think that there's a better compliment that you can get as a person than other people mm -hmm. seeing you, how you see yourself. In the announcement, you wrote that you don't want to be remembered as a role model. What did you mean by this? Or did I say a mentor? I don't want to be a mentor. Okay. Yeah, I think I just don't, I didn't want to use like words that are kind of just thrown around. You know, people don't even know what that word means sometimes. They just use it and, you know, I don't know. I, I think I want to be somebody that isn't so rigid. I think of a mentor and I, I think of people who are, Sometimes, um, I don't know how to explain it, but to, I don't know, I feel closer to the players 
than I do to adults sometimes. So I think mm-hmm. that when I think of a mentor, I think of somebody who's a, an adult and I don't feel I'm a, an adult sometimes, <laughs> I guess. How did you manage not knowing what was going to happen next? Yeah, that was, that was always interesting. I think that that is one of the hardest parts of being a professional athlete and one of the most interesting and fun parts too, because sometimes I think life is too predictable and a lot of people do the same thing day in and day out. They know what they're going to get out of, you know, their work day or their family day or, um, you know, anything that they do. And I think that the element of surprise is sometimes it keeps me on my toes. It keeps things interesting but it also doesn't really allow for you to get settled or prepare or, you know, get too comfortable in a place because you never know when it's going to change. So there's good and bad to it. But um, the best way to, that I dealt with it was to be open-minded with, you know, anything that came my way and look at everything as an opportunity to, you know, be the best that I can be. What was your greatest joy in your playing career? Hmm. My greatest joy, I think, was on a daily basis going to soccer practice in the morning. You know, so getting up in the morning and knowing I just had to put on my gear, get breakfast, and go to the field. Um, it wasn't a one-time, di- one one-event kind of thing. It was a, a daily, this is what I get to do every day. I just get to go to soccer practice. And, you know, I think that, that was the biggest joy I had every single day. Did you ever struggle waking up early or was it always easier for you? I wasn't always a morning person, but if I had soccer, I could wake up at any time. (laughs) If you could do it again, was there one team or a season you would want to be a part of again? Yes, there are several. One that I would like to be a part of again would be the Soccer Plus Reds, which was my WPSL team with Tony DiCicco. That was one of the best teams I ever played on. It wasn't even a professional team, but it felt like one. Um, The 2017 Boston Breakers was a special team for me. I wish that the Breakers were still around, but um, that obviously didn't happen. Um, I had some really good experiences overseas um, in Denmark. And um, I think one of the most special teams I've played for in terms of like just pure talent on the field was when I played for the Thorns in 2013 and being able to step on the field with Sinclair and Tobin and Alex Morgan and mm-hmm. Rachel Bueller, you know, that was just, that was just such a great experience um, on the pitch every single day. Was it tough to be playing around the world from your family and friends? Yeah, that's always hard. That was always harder than I thought it would be. But um, they were always so supportive uh, with me, no matter what I wanted to do or where I wanted to go. And I think, you know, since I was so passionate about playing and um, enjoyed it every single day, it kind of, you know, masked how I felt from being away from my family. I had that. I wouldn't have been able to travel like that if I didn't have soccer probably answered this next question at least a million times so how did you get your start in playing I'm pretty sure that I was in school one day and they passed out the papers to sign up for soccer and I was like five years old or something maybe four and um, I brought it home and obviously my parents made a decision to allow me to enroll 
I think that if youth hockey for girls was as big then as it is now, I would have played hockey because my whole family <laughs> played hockey. But because it wasn't that big then, um, soccer was probably the closest thing to that. So I liked it from the first day. When did you decide this would be your career? I decided it would be my career at an age when it didn't really make sense to make that decision. I was probably like 10 or 12 and there was no professional league. I didn't know anything about the women's national team. And all I knew was I wanted to do this for a long time. I wanted to wake up every day and play. And I didn't really know what that meant, but I was really young when I made that decision. Did you ever coach and play at the same time? Yeah, I, there was a, span of about four years where I had some teams in Connecticut in the off season when I wasn't playing and then I would go to the to the season and um, have to leave the team and that was always tough uh, I didn't really love the fact that I was only with them sometimes but mm-hmm. you know sometimes is better than nothing at all I guess but it, was, it wasn't easy but I'm, I'm so glad I had that opportunity. What was it like to do both of the roles? So, like, what were some of your favorite parts of being able to switch back and forth? I think it was really helpful to give feedback to players and see things that they did on the field and then go back on the field and see the things that I – I couldn't tell a player to track back and then not track back myself, you know. Mm -hmm. So I couldn't be a hypocrite. I think it made me uh, rethink how I played and made me a bit of a smarter player. And I didn't think that would be possible, but I, I, it was. How can more women and girls become coaches? I think that that starts with their coaches now for young players. Uh, I think that I'm so interested in staying in the game because I had so many coaches who love the game and who are so passionate about teaching and um, about, you know, educating other coaches and, you know, I think that when a coach really loves the game, it's contagious. And that trickles down to every single player you have. So if you can if you can inspire players to love the game, not just to be good at it, but to actually love it, I think we'll have more female coaches, female referees, female administrators um, staying in the game. Because mm-hmm. right now there's obviously not enough. What was your reason for starting Duke Tig? Duke Tig was started out of necessity. Adelaide and I just wanted soccer notebooks for ourselves, and there was nothing out there. We searched, we searched. There was nothing that we wanted that was, like, professional-looking and cool and uh, top-quality materials. And, um, you know, we, we wanted something to carry around with us that we loved, basically, and – so we were like, hey, you know what? If we have this desire to have a new notebook like this, maybe other people do too. So we made a bunch and people liked it. And we were totally surprised by the overwhelming response that we've gotten. But now we feel a responsibility to <laughs> provide for everybody, you know, every, every yeah. possible notebook that's going to make a difference for a coach's organization. How did you find a partner in Addie to help you build this? Well, both of us had the idea around the same time. We both liked to to write all the time, and we were both like organization freaks and soccer freaks. So 
she brought it up one time and we, you know, we kept talking about it and talking about it for years. We probably talked about it for three or four years before we actually did something about it. And then, um, and then we did it and it was, it was amazing. How important has your brother Bobby been to helping Duke TIG? Bobby is important in every aspect of my life, but especially in all the businesses that I start. Um, I don't think there's something I've done that he hasn't been involved in, but he does such a good job. He's such a good worker and he's so smart that I would be stupid to not have him involved. And um, he's been absolutely necessary for the growth of the company and for um, so many little details that we come out with. Um, he has he has a big part of it. And I don't think that we would be where we are right now without him. Have you always had a close relationship with Bobby? Yeah, we've always been close. Um, we're close in age and we have a lot of the same, um, uh, what's the word? Likes. (laughs) We like the same things. We like a lot of the same things. And, uh, he's, He's really smart, so I learn a ton from him all the time. He'll just spit out facts about, you know, the world or politics or whatever, and I'm just, you know, (laughs) he's way smarter than I am. But, yeah, we have a great relationship. What has Duke Tig taught you about the game of soccer? Duke Tig has taught me that there are so many people out there that are very passionate about soccer and about growing the game and Um, making it better for the next generation of players. And I think that it is downplayed how important the coach role is for the development of not just soccer players, but, you know, human beings. And um, I think coaches, a lot of coaches do understand how um, much they can impact um, a single person. But I think there's also some who don't understand that role and, and don't even realize how much they do for people. And I think that that's crazy. (laughs) Before Duke Tig, you built Our Game magazine. How has coverage of women's soccer changed since you started writing about it? Uh, We started Our Game because there was such a lacking of coverage for for the women's game. And I think that we played a small part in in the development of, of that coverage, which I'm proud of. But I also think that um, it's come a long way and, you know, it's, it's cool to see people everywhere all the time, you know, women's players. And I think that, that it, it can still improve quite a bit, but at least it's going in the right direction. Was it tough to transition our game to be run by others? No, I think that my time at, at our game was up and um, that was an easy decision for me to make. Now, before our last two questions, I just want to thank you for your time, Tiffany. And also, don't forget to check out my website where you can see a few other podcasts that Tiffany has been a part of and her blog. Now, if you cry in these last two, I do get my ice cream. Yeah, I'm not doing it. (laughs) You told my dad and brother you could tell that I loved soccer. What did you see in me, and what does loving soccer mean to you? I think that every time you see um, a young kid spend so much time with their, one of their parents uh, around the game, you kind of you, you assume one of two things. One is that the parent is forcing the kid to be there, 
or that that the kid really really loves what they're doing and they and they want to be there voluntarily and i never got the sense that you have done anything that you didn't want to do <laughs> um, maybe that's just a gut instinct but um it seems as though your dad would support you if you didn't want to go or if you did want to go and the relationship that you guys have through the game is inspiring and something that I think is, is really healthy and I wish other parents could learn from. But, um, you know, there, any, any young player, referee, coach, any young person who goes to the convention with their father <laughs> has major props from me. And that was my first impression of you. So um, I think it was, it was a gut feeling, but also, you know, you, you prove yourself every day on social media and I can tell that the person you are on social media is a person you are in real life. And that's, that's pretty awesome. Now the last one, when you finally hang up the cleats for good, say 50 years from now, <laughs> what do you hope your contribution to soccer was? Uh, I hope that people will just remember that you know, that there are people who play just because they love the game and they're, they don't have to get something from it necessarily, even though indirectly you're always getting something from it. But I never wanted to, um, I never felt like soccer owed me something because of everything I gave it. And this was a question I answered this morning too, you know, it's like soccer is not a means to an end, you know, soccer was not Soccer was not getting a college scholarship or going pro or traveling or making mm -hmm. a ton of friends or learning how to work well with others. Soccer was and still is just the opportunity to do something that I really enjoy doing every day. And just taking a ball out and kicking it against a wall is something that I, I love doing. I'm, I am enjoying that 20 minutes of my day. And um, I hope that other people can find joy in something, even if it's not soccer, and allow themselves to really appreciate the little parts of it, because otherwise you just go through life looking for things that you like, and you know you force it, or then you don't like this, or then you don't really give it everything, and I don't know, I just think if people can remember that about me, that I really just like let myself go and love something, then maybe they will too. That's mm -hmm. it. Looks like I didn't get my ice cream today. Nope. <laughs> Thank you so much for your time, Tiffany. I really enjoyed talking to you. Thanks for having me. It was great. And you guys, you guys have done awesome with this. I love it. Thank you. It was a real pleasure to have Tiffany on today's podcast. I learned so much and I hope everyone else did too. On my website, keepthegamebeautiful.com, I will post a link to Tiffany's blog and a few other podcasts she has been a part of. I encourage you to find her on social media also. I just released a Keep the Game Beautiful Instagram. The Instagram is called Keep the Game Beautiful. You can also go check out my Twitter, KTG Beautiful, for any additional information. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode, and thank you to Tiffany for coming on today. And until I see you next week, remember to keep the game beautiful.